Welcome to Talent Blazers. My next guest has 10 years experience working as an employer brand and recruitment marketing expert, mostly at Rio Tinto. She has deep dived in delivering a multitude of candidate attraction and experience strategies across various works, which include EVP design and implementation, recruitment branding, journey mapping, and many other valuable initiatives to move the needle to improve the employer brand. Currently an employee brand consultant at TQ Solution, Ruby Gears, welcome to Talent Blazers. Thank you very much for having me. Well, I'm really looking forward to jumping into the episode. Obviously, we're going to um, hone in on EVP uh, mostly. For those who don't know much about TQ Solutions, can you share who TQ Solutions are? Absolutely. So more broadly, TQ Solutions is a kind of talent workforce consulting business. Um, but from that, we also have an arm that deals more specifically with kind of employer brand and experience. So we have a separate practice um, where we do a lot of kind of advisory and consulting work around EVP strategy and development. And that really is your sweet spot, isn't it? Drawing on your experience. Absolutely. Um, I think our sweet spot is definitely EVP strategy. We love helping organisations really kind of understand, validate and also refresh uh, their EVPs. And we kind of help a lot of organisations around how they can help bring that to life and create a really great employee experience. Um, we're not a full service agency. We, we kind of focus more on that strategy piece. Um, so we don't delve too much into creative design or media buying. Um, we kind Kind of you know again specialize more on delivering a program of work to help organizations actually look at what their evp is um and again a lot of the strategy that sits behind that but more importantly we're just seeing a lot of organizations now wanting to talk about how they actually evolve that further into actually um you know bringing it to life so so what are the what are the stories and then the magical content that sit behind an evp strategy and how do they now kind of refresh this and bring this to life so that they're talking to the right candidates and the right talent market. Yeah, sounds uh, sounds wonderful. Sounds like you're having a lot of fun with the breadth of uh, projects that you're working on. Um, uh, some, who are some of the who are some of the customers? What are the what's the, the uh, range of employee sizes that you're typically working with in some of the sectors? Just to put a little bit more context with who TQ Solutions work with. Um, I think probably one of the, the kind of great things about TQ Solutions is the, the varying different levels and kind of um, industries that we're approached by. And I've had the opportunity to work across some amazing sectors uh, since, since being here. And we help organizations that are anywhere from the kind of, you know, much smaller, kind of 300 plus people, all the way through to some very you know, global, large financial institutions that we're working with at the moment. So I think we've definitely got a lot of variety in the in the clients and the organisations that we're working with at the moment or have delivered work with um, over the last few months. Um, and I think probably the more kind of exciting part of it is just the varying sectors and industries. And we're talking anything from, um, you know, kind of um, retail all the way through to um, the funeral industry and the funeral sector, which has definitely been a huge eye opener 
uh, all the way through to, uh, like I said, large global financial institutions. So um, it's great to see where everyone sits currently in their kind of EVP journey. Um, so we've got clients who are everywhere for anywhere from establishing an EVP all the way through to a lot of conversation that's, that's happening around refreshing and validating. Um, and we know that, you know, things have changed significantly over the last couple of years. And it's great to see organizations that are now coming on, you know, coming on board and actually realizing the importance of having a really good EVP, but also how it can have a great impact in the current war for talent that we're seeing at the moment in the external market. Yeah. So it's definitely, um, you know, it's not kind of segmented to a particular industry or, or organizational size. Yeah, got it. And, and how have you seen over the years is being being um, leading employer brand. Um, how have you seen it change? Uh, what are some of the the trends that you've uh, and the evolution, say in the last say three or four years, that employer brand has has uh, been on? It's been very significant. I think I think everyone can feel it and everyone can see it in the market at the moment. It's fierce. It's really competitive at the moment. And there's so many external factors that we can see are contributing to the war for talent. Um, there's just not enough people to fill jobs at the moment. And that's, you know, again, impacting so many industries and sectors at the moment. Um, and we've seen a significant shift in what the career drivers are now. What are those kind of employer factors that matter to people now um, versus a few years ago, if I think about, you know, the things that really mattered to people where there was a, a much more of a focus on, you know, brands and reputation and company sizes and office locations and, um, you know, what are those kind of additional little benefits that people get around, you know, free fruit baskets and breakfast every morning. And we've seen this huge significant shift to now it being a lot more human centric. It's a lot more personal for people now. Um, we're seeing that talent at the moment, um, you know, are very much focused on what's the impact that I can have, um, you know, in my work? What's the mean, what are those meaningful career experiences that I can actually have at an organization? How does an organization um, contribute to my health and well-being? And we're hearing a lot more of those conversations now that are taking place in the market at the moment. Um, and, you know, again, having a really good, attractive EVP can make all the difference in whether potential employees are choosing your organization over competitors if you're talking about the right things and that you're actually targeting the right talent market with the right, um, you know, the right, the right yeah. content. So clearly the market's changed. Clearly um, there's been a real shift to focusing on the candidate and improving the experience. To be a detractor as well as um, a, an organization, an EVP um, enabling uh, people to apply for their positions as well, um, but what what are the what are the actual trends that you've seen in the evolution of building out an EVP? How has the influences of um, the current climate changed uh, things relating to building out a new EVP or refreshing a new EVP? Are there new tactics that have been introduced? So I think, you know, a lot of organizations have realized that there has been a significant shift. And I think, you know, you know, when we're looking at EVPs, it's it's there's a lot, you know, to build a very good EVP. It, I think you kind of need that level of authenticity, um, you know, genuine conversation that actually resonates with your potential workforce and who you're trying to target. Um, you know, when we think of EVP, you know, what is it? 
I mean, probably start with what is it not? You know, it's not a magic wand. It's not going to overnight fix all of your talent challenges that you're currently facing in the market. And it's not going to, you know, cause an influx of um, applications overnight. Um, And neither is it a kind of, you know, a one-sided conversation anymore. You know, I remember back in the days, you know, EVP was very much about us as an organization. This is what we do. And this is what we can, um, you know, uh, what we deliver. And here's what we're looking for. And here's what we want. Um, Always been very one-sided. And I think, you know, again, that natural evolution around the, the, the shifts and changes in the market at the moment and what people actually genuinely want in their careers, it's kind of moving more towards a two-way conversation. It's more now about what can I experience? What's it like? Um, you know, candidates are looking for a lot more of that kind of level of content and detail. Um, and it's also not something that you kind of set and forget. I think a good EVP is something that you nurture, you adapt, and it has to have that agility and flexibility for you to be able to talk to the right, you know, talent segment. So not every talent segment is looking for the same thing. And I think you've got to have a very agile approach to your EVP and you've got to be able to, you know, change and dial up and dial down the various, um, you know, kind of things that you're talking to uh, about when you're talking to various talent segments, because what matters to them may not matter to to other cohort. Um, And, you know, what are some of those, um, again, shifts in what people are actually looking for and what have we seen? Um, You know, we're very lucky. We get get to see a lot of research and we do a lot of research, whether it's, you know, for organisations themselves or whether it's just industry-wide. And, you know, I, I love the fact that, you know, we're now having conversations around, you know, I want to know what's my development, what's my impact, what's my well-being, um, you know, support and things that extend far beyond your traditional kind of EAP services. You know, people want a lot more support now. Um, you know, what's flexibility? I remember back in the days, flexibility was like this big kind of like, you know, this is what makes us different and here's our point of differentiation. Whereas now flexibility is kind of seen as a it's table stakes. You know, people are expecting and demanding organisations to be a lot more flexible around um, you know how the, how they work and where they work, and that's you know really coming yep. up top. Um, and again, we can say thank you to COVID for a lot of that. Um, you know, people have realised that you know well being and flexibility, support, all of these things matter a lot more than you know traditional factors such as uh, again you know just remuneration and benefits. Um, we are seeing a lot more people following non-traditional career paths. Um, you know, people are looking, you know, around autonomy and development and what's what's my career paths and what's available to me. Um, so we're seeing a, a huge significant shift, I think, yeah. at the moment in, in what talent is. So um, in, regarding an EVP and taking a company through the process of either starting a new EVP or refreshing uh, their, their old one, has something new been introduced, a point of difference um, when it's something that you, know, you would you would really recommend to do because it is cutting edge, it's, it's some, a new type of process for them to unearth uh, their, their new EVP? What, what, are you, what are you seeing? So I think, um, again, we are seeing a lot of organisations now wanting to kind of, you know, refresh 
their EVPs. Um, so, you know, again, something maybe, you know, that might have been developed kind of two, three years ago. We are now having these conversations with a lot of clients around, you know, is it still valid and does it still resonate with my, um, you know, even your current workforce? Because, again, we've got to look at EVP from a lens of it's not just about time yeah. attraction. It's also about retention as well. So, um, you know, you want that you, you want the messaging to be able to still resonate with people. And, um, you know, there's a lot more, like I said, different factors that are on, on the table now where, you know, people are looking for things like diversity, inclusion and, you know, corporate social responsibility and, um, you know, climate change and all of these things. And I think organisations have got a very hard kind of task ahead of them in the sense that they actually have to now factor in a lot more things um, when they're talking to candidates and talking about a lot more different things that sit outside of your traditional buckets of what an EVP once kind of stood for. Um, at TQ, we, we um, have a model that we work through. So it's a, uh, it's a five dimensions model. Um, and I think, you know, organisations who are currently having a discussion or think about, you know, what, what's their EVP at the moment, um, we are kind of talking to them around um, designing things that are a lot more human centric. Um, I think it's really important that you delve a lot deeper into the human nature of an organization and unpack factors around impacts in roles. Um, how are people going to be respected? How are they going to be supported with well-being? How do they maintain their sense of identity? Um, you know, and how do we help them bring this to life? And I think, you know, the, the kind of human deal has become a more important deal. Um, you know, where once upon a time it was very much of a transactional relationship. That was the EVP. Here's what we give you and here's what you give us back. Um, there's been that kind of shift in the way that people are thinking now where it's a lot more inspired by, um, you know, again, a human-led type of uh, relationship. So we have got a framework that we work through, which is, um, like I mentioned, a, a kind of five dimensions model. Um, and that really helps us um, look at the way an organization is currently um, breaking down their EVP and then helping them bring it more to life, um, you know, considering current factors. So how do talent think? How do they feel? What do they want to do? So it's becoming a lot more personal. Um, and that's probably one of the biggest shifts I, I think I've seen um, in the last couple of years. So uh, the 5D model, it, it sounds uh, really interesting without giving away um, any secret source. What are, what are the five attributes of, of the model? So the kind of what we've looked at, um, you know, and again, through all of our kind of research, our experience collectively um, in the employer brand and experience team that we've got, um, we have kind of basically looked at, you know, we get a lot of research. So we look at an organization. So what do they currently have at the moment? So let's take, for example, a company is looking at refreshing an EVP um, and their strategy at the moment. So we would look at um, all of the research touch points and data touch points that they've got available to them. So it could be anything from existing data, such as, um, you know, your kind of gl your global employee engagement surveys or, you know, regular surveys that organizations conduct um, all the way through to, you know, what, do, what are they missing? So, you know, do we need to, um, you know, uh, add to this further by conducting focus groups, additional surveys to really, or, you know, bring to life what, what matters to people. Um, and one of the biggest challenges is when you've got this kind of, you know, huge plethora of, of data and research, what do you do with it? And how do you help break it down so organizations can actually see 
where it makes the most impact. So the 5D model helps us decipher that. It helps us decipher research. It helps us decipher where to populate certain you know, content and employer factors that actually matter to people. Um, and it's not, you know, all aspirational. It, it's got to be authentic and genuine. And this is what, you know, your current employees are experiencing at the moment. So we've got five pillars um, and they comprise of career, well-being, culture, organisation and work. And we've got various factors that then sit under each of these pillars. And there's a whole host of kind of attributes that we look at. So um, without giving away too much, I can kind of touch on, you know, what, what are those things that we're looking for under, let's say, you know, uh, work. So, you know, back in the days, work was just work. Here's the job. Here's the job description. Here's the role. Here's what you're going to be doing. Here's our expectations of you as an employee. Whereas at the moment now, what we're looking more for is, again, those things around, um, you know, what, what's my meaningful career experience? What um, impact am I going to make in my role? Can I challenge the status quo? Can I push the boundaries? Am I going to be able to have a voice at the table? Um, you know, are my opinions going to, to matter? And, you know, am I, is my work going to be more than the scope of what, you know, is kind of just on a job description? So we look at, you know, factors that are a lot more now in line with current market conditions. Um, and then we kind of basically help organisations decipher what should sit under each of those pillars. So those five pillars are really interesting. Um, from the perspective of, of where companies are mostly lacking uh, their, their expertise or being able to amplify their true employer brand, uh, where do you see the biggest gap or the biggest opportunity for companies to, to really get on top of at least one of those pillars? Um, look, I think, you know, definitely all, all five of the pillars hold their weight and their value, um, you know, in, in different kind of um, in, in different varying scales. But I think if we're kind of, you know, delving into a particular one, I would definitely say culture. Culture's always been a huge kind of word around, you know, EVP establishment and development. And what does it mean? Um, and it's such a big word. And there's so much that's kind of, you know, falls under culture. So when we think about the shifts in in, in the way that people now think about culture, it extends beyond the traditional. So what's it like to work here? And what are the people like? And yeah, that's what we're, you're kind of very used to hearing. Um, whereas what we probably are seeing or looking at more are you know, factors such as a dynamic work environment, um, respect, is a huge one. So, you know, what respect can I have, um, you know, in my workplace that I get from my leaders, from my peers? Um, you know, what kind of, um, what, what's diversity and inclusion like in an organisation? So, you know, we, we kind of bucket all of this into culture. Um, we look at things like gender equality. We look at, you know, things like team-based working, um, you know, working outside of departments and, you know, different um cross-functional working that's that's a huge one as well where people now want that autonomy um in the in the cultures that they work in do they want do they do they want the um do they want the autonomy or do they do they want to hear about uh the the autonomy that the business has um look i think a lot of it is look it's very hard to show sometimes you know or to describe a culture where you're not using the the kind of same traditional buzzwords of you know we're a great place to work and we're really friendly um and you know well they've all got one it's a bit like a belly button everyone's got one every company has a culture do. do you feel like they're just not communicating uh culture uh, 
um, in line with the market expectation? I think culture is becoming a huge, um, you know, factor for current talent at the moment. So, you know, they want to know. To attract the, that talent to the business. Exactly. And, and talent want to know what, what's it like and, you know, how are your current employees currently experiencing that culture? What are they getting out of it? How do you actually demonstrate um, a good cultural place to work. And I think a lot of it is now not just saying, um, it's actually showing. So, you know, again, a lot of talent want to see. And that's where your kind of messaging and your content and your storytelling comes in really valuable because, you know, you want to show people genuinely how are they going to feel part of an organisation? What's that sense of belonging um, is a huge factor for, for candidates at the moment. So they actually want to know how they are going to belong to an organisation and not just be a number or a or a kind of you know a seat um, occupying in an office. So you know we're seeing a lot more of those yeah. kind of things around the importance of of showing and not just telling. Show don't tell. I like that one. So what's the balance between being aspirational and realistic? Because at the end of the day, we don't want your employer brand to attract everyone, right? <laughs> Look, I think, you know, um, yeah, you're right. I mean, I think, you know, there, there's um, definitely organisations should still be aspirational. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. And I think organisations do still need to be aspirational because it's where you want to go. Here's our goals. Here's who we want to be. And here's where we're, you know, what we're aiming for. Um, I think there's a fine line and there's a balance. What you don't want to be is, um, you know, you don't want to be overly airy fairy where you know candidates kind of you know go in and then they don't actually get that employer employee experience they don't you know what what they were told and what they're feeling and what they're actually experiencing is, is very different and again that's what leads to those kind of you know uh, those poor retention rates where people will leave within the first three months because what they were promised they are not it's not being delivered so I think you know when you're talking about your aspirations as an organization I think you know be be honest be genuine be clear we are to be an organization that has a 50% um, you know gender equity yeah, gender balance um, you know rate in our workforce or you know I think there's there's still a place for having aspirational messaging but I think what candidates also want that to be balanced out with is the honest truth um, and and genuine authentic um, you know what's your place at the moment um, you know what, what does it look like what does it feel like um, you know how do you show candidates what they can experience um, if they join your organization. Um, so whether that's culturally, whether that is through an actual, you know, your, their, their actual work and the impact that they're going to have in their work. Um, I still think that there's a, there's, a, there's a good balance. I think good EVPs have that balance. You, you just touched on a, a metric around, an aspirational metric about uh, around um, diversity, equality and inclusion. And that's where I was thinking. What that's what I was thinking when when you were talking about culture as well. It's going to be my next question. I'm glad we're, we're we're going to be talking about this. So, how can employee brand really impact the metric on um, any diversity, equality, and and um, inclusion initiatives that that they have? Um. Look, I think, you know, it definitely has become, um, you know, a, a kind of a big employer factor at the moment for people. Um, you know, everyone's talking about um, diversity, equity, inclusion. Um, what does it mean and how can an EVP really help, um, you know, 
put a lens on on how an organization delivers these things um you know people are looking for a lot more um you know if we take just one component of it diversity you know people diversity has always been a big thing for a lot of organizations as far back as you know i can remember um and you know it's it's one of those things that um again it's that kind of show me don't tell me. Um, so I think, we're, you know, when we're thinking about how do you effectively communicate DE&I initiatives in an organisation or when you're talking to talent, um, you know, be honest. And I think it comes back down to that, you know, authentic, honest communication. What is your current stance on diversity? What What's the breakdown at the moment in an organisation? And that, that you know, extends, um, again, to, to gender as well. Um, so, you know, what's your current workforce made of? People want to know those things. Is it 40-50? Is it 60-40? And that's where you can say, here's the current state. But also, like I said, be aspirational. What are you aiming for? What are you looking for? Um, I think, you know, kind of moving away from those, you know, we, we want to be a diverse organization is a message that we've always heard. But then how are you actually doing that? And and what what goals or what strategies have you got in place that make you a diverse workforce? Um, we're then looking at things like um, inclusion. Um, you know, this is becoming a, a huge one as well. And also equity. Um, we're seeing a lot more, you know, we, we look at factors such as, you know, we're, we're I guess organizations can really help create that point of differentiation is where they extend a little bit beyond your kind of diversity targets. Um, you know, what are, what's your stance on things like neurodiversity? We're finding a lot more of this coming into, you know, coming into to play. And I think organizations who are much further down their kind of EVP uh, journey and who have got themselves, you know, a lot more kind of established um, and a lot more mature in their EVP, um, they're the ones that are kind of looking at things like neurodiversity and how they um, help people who might have, let's say, you know, neurodiverse, um, you know, conditions, that how can they help bring them into the workforce and what, um, you know, things have they got in place to help people? So I think we're seeing that it extends a lot more than just gender. There's a lot more to it um, than that. I feel like we could have a whole episode on diversity, equality yes. and inclusions and the initiatives that Employer Brand or the impact that Employer Brand is having on it. But it's been an absolute pleasure in you uh, joining me on the Talent Blazer episode. Thanks for your time, Ruby. Thank you so much for having me. It's been great to just share some of those thoughts. Um, but like you say, talk about this all day. 